Hi everyone, I'm Becky. And this is Claire. And welcome to another episode of Podway! In this podcast, we discuss things related to musical, theaters, and plays. And in today's episode, we will be talking about Nightmare Before Christmas. All right, so The Nightmare Before Christmas tells the story of Jack Skellington, who is the pumpkin king of Halloween Town. And he one day stumbles upon Christmas Town and decides to overtake Christmas for his own. So this is the shortened synopsis of The Nightmare Before Christmas, and we'll go a little bit more in depth later on. But until then, how have you been, Claire? You had a good Christmas. Yeah, it was okay. It was interesting because my family don't really celebrate Christmas. So we're trying to make up Christmas tradition as we go. And I learned from my friends that their Christmas is a lot more like they take things a lot more serious than we do. So there's a lot more food, for example. There's a lot of things that they have to do. They go to church, well, which is something I don't expect my family would do since we're not religious. But anyways, I learned that there is a lot of things that actually goes on in people's Christmas. And by comparison, that makes me feel like, you know, I'm still taking my baby steps towards building like an actual Christmas traditions. So I guess... If you're comparing mine with other people's, it's nothing too special, but I think it was okay. Yeah. Nah, I don't think comparing Christmas is <laughs> in the spirit of the holiday. So you're good. Any Anything that involves a tradition between you and your family is good enough, I think, and should be celebrated and have fun. I think you had a Christmas dinner that you were having with your family. How did that go? It went well. It went well. We tried to cook a lot of food um, and we realized my kitchen was way too small to fit <laughs> all four people in it. So it was a little bit of, of a mess, but it turned out okay. So we had a lot of fun. And we had a lot of wine too, which is something that <laughs> which is something that isn't very common in our transition because we don't drink wine very much. And I don't think any of us is like a wine expert, but we're trying to experiment. So except for you. Except for <laughs> you, me. You are the wine experts. No, no, not at all. <laughs> I, I have no idea how to tell a good red wine from a bad one or like an average one, for example. Mm. So it's a learning curve. It's a learning curve. Yeah. I I don't know. I mean, it's definitely stemming from ignorance, but I feel like people just have wines that they vibe with and they like, and whatever works for them is a high quality wine, and whatever doesn't work for them is the low quality wine, and there is no inherent. I mean, obviously there is inherent in terms of like how much it aged probably or something along mm-hmm. those lines, mm-hmm. but I don't like wine to begin with. <laughs> so <laughs> my opinion is nullified already. It's dead on arrival, but I have healthy dose of skepticism towards the mm-hmm. whole wine connoisseur industry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. Wait, but you drink socially, right? Yeah, but it will almost never be wine. I'm not a big fan of wine. Really? Are you talking yeah. about all sorts of wine, like white, red, anything? Mm-hmm. I think the wine that I enjoyed in the past is going to be like sweet wine, but mm-hmm. I've tried like white, I've tried red, and I've tried rosé, which is like the pink one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't have a good impression of any of them. So. Really? Okay, okay. <laughs> Except for the plum wine that I think every time I mention wine, <laughs> I mention it because it really blew my mind. I, I really like plums. So uh, that and sweet wine is the only wine I found palatable. Yeah, guys, if you're looking to try some I guess Asian wine, if you will. <laughs> Japanese plum wine is a is a good one to try. I really like it too. 
Yeah. But how was your Christmas? My Christmas was canceled. If I sound very muffled or a little bit stuffy, it would be because I got COVID and I'm recovering. So I was flying to um, be reunited with my family in Alberta. And both my brother and sister flew before me. And I was the last one in Toronto flying to Edmonton, which is where they're at. And um, I had the worst flight experience I've ever had in my entire life on that flight from Toronto to Alberta. And that is not because of necessarily like COVID symptoms. So I started developing symptoms the day of the flight. And I called my brother and I asked him, oh, what should I do? And he says... Oh, because you haven't been sleeping much because I had to take care of stuff around the house to make sure it's like good for the month I'm going to be away. It's probably just like symptoms of being very, very tired. So don't worry about it. You don't have a fever. Um, so you should be good to go. So I was like, OK, goody. Um, so I was already packed and everything was on its way. Good to go. I arrived to the airport three and a half hours early just to make sure that they're on time. <laughs> and... Um, I got to choose my seat because of that, which was a great experience. And I chose a seat next to the window so I can rest my head, um, trying to sleep for like the four hour duration of the flight. And also so I can see really pretty views of the city from up above because I'm basic like that. So not only was my seat stolen by a couple of elderly couple. What? Um, yeah. So wow. yeah. They, they could do that? I didn't say anything because they were old. So I felt really bad. Um, I didn't want to say, oh, you know, I'm supposed to be the window seat. Can you please give me the window seat and not stick me in the aisle? I didn't I didn't do that because they were old and I felt really, really bad. So I, I let it go, whatever. Apart from the elderly couple surrounding me from the front, from the back and from the sides were screaming children without masks. So they were just screaming their head off the entire flight. They smelled horrible 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 they were coughing and they were sneezing directly into my face so that was a lot of fun I was the only party with a mask because children apparently don't have to wear masks if they're below a certain age and I'm guessing Mm -hmm. they were below a certain age and they also can't be vaxxed below a certain age so I was like you know what if I somehow manage to evade COVID until then I for sure will have COVID after this flight because it was four hours of just this and at some point the elderly couple that came uh, apparently with the rest of their family they were babysitting their grandchildren who were also maskless and were directly next to me and were coughing and sneezing so literally just four hours of this the entire flight and I wanted to like kill myself (laughs) So oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. Oh, that's okay. It's at least at least it's like a very entertaining experience to talk about right now. Like I'm having loads of fun recounting <laughs> it. But um, yeah, as soon as we landed, my parents were picking me up, and I was like, "Don't hug me, don't kiss me." I'm like with my mask on. I'm not taking it off. Let's go to like a COVID testing center because I'm sure I have COVID now. And lo and behold, I did have COVID. So I went directly to our basement and quarantine myself and I'm still quarantined to this day I am supposed to be out of here on Friday and I'm very much looking forward to that so my parents to make long story short agreed to postpone Christmas until after my quarantining period and then we'll celebrate all together that is so sweet of them that is very that sweet is of them. so 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 nice of them that is but uh spending Christmas by myself in the basement like some kind of deranged fan of the opera wailing and coughing was not the greatest oh that's horrible 
but that's okay. That's okay. I'm at least super duper like grateful that they're here taking care of me. I also mm-hmm. felt, apart from feeling like fan of the opera, I also felt like I could um, be a rich aristocrat. All I would do is would be like calling them on the phone probably around five to six times a day asking for my tea. I felt like some kind of Downton Abbey heiress just calling, <laughs> ringing the bell, <laughs> like, hello, please, like, can I have some tea? And they would bring me my tea. <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> yeah, so there are perks, there are weirdness to it. If you ever got COVID, I guess, if you were with your family, you maybe would know if they're nice enough to do that for you. So yeah, experience for sure. Wow. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Especially right after my story, I feel worse now. No, your story is really nice. I feel like every single time I do see people celebrate Christmas around this climate um, of deranged COVIDness, I am so heartened. It's so nice because I know a lot of people who also had their Christmas canceled. Um, and I see it in the news all the time. People are like, oh, you know, for Christmas, they got COVID, especially in Ontario, where we have like 10,000 cases per day. So you managing to do it, I think is lovely. Well, th- thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, that just tried to all be safe. And yeah, it's it's really getting crazy. A lot of my friends also get tested positive. Even my trainer oh. at the gym. I oh, think no. her boyfriend got tested positive. So anyways, it's like a huge mess and it's really, it feels really real because I guess for the past year and a half, almost two years now, I never really met a person who has COVID. So mm-hmm. even though that everything feels real and whatnot, but then it doesn't, it doesn't feel the same. Mm-hmm. So stay safe, guys. Yeah. Suddenly, the new year coming up. Yeah, stay safe. Exactly. Suddenly, every single person in the world has been getting COVID. Like, I obviously have been double vaxxed and I've been trying to get my booster for the longest time. I managed to book it. You're supposed to book it like two weeks after you finish having your symptoms or whatever. So I made mm-hmm. sure to do it for that. I don't know if you managed to get your booster. Not yet. But if you have the opportunity, definitely get it. I am 100% sure that if I didn't have any vaccination whatsoever and I got COVID, it would have been a lot worse. So even if you do get COVID and you've, you're vaxxed, your symptoms are almost surely reduced, which is great. So yeah, that's a PSA to get vaccinated. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I'll definitely let you know how Christmas was for me next episode. I think it may be some kind of karma on my insistence of not wishing people <laughs> Merry Christmas, uh, the previous episode. Um, I was like, no, we wish it on Christmas Day, even though I have been celebrating since after Remembrance Day. So yeah, maybe it's it's a low-key karma. Okay. We'll, oh. we'll make sure to um, wish people Happy New Year this time. So hopefully, you know, for the rest of the year, you're going to be safe and healthy. Okay. <laughs> I think it's a threat. <laughs> I think that's a threat. So that's why it's it, coming it is like not. It well is not. above. I'm thinking above for you. <laughs> It's like this time, just to be safe, just to make sure we're all good, <laughs> we are going to wish you Happy New Year. Um, we will, though. We will. We will. We will. Okay. So let's dive right into The Night Before Christmas. Um, the film opens with the introduction of Halloween Town and its citizens. Um, so this is Halloween night, and they're having a big celebration led by Jack Skellington. Um, and the party is a great success. Jack, however, doesn't feel fulfilled. He's feeling a little bit burnt out. 
And he goes wandering into the forest, deep in thought when he stumbles upon a clearing in the forest with doors to all the major holidays. I'm talking Halloween, Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving, St. Patrick's Day, and of course, Christmas. So he falls into the Christmas door and is transported to Christmas Town. We find out later on that Jack has been missing for a single solitary day and the entire town ceases to function normally, which I think, Claire, you would find very relatable because that has been the exact same situation when we were working together. Um, <laughs> so Jack comes back enlightened from his trip to Christmas Town and full of ideas and emotions. He asks the mayor to call a town meeting to report back everything he has seen. And the town folks don't quite understand the point of Christmas. So Jack just decides to give Christmas a Halloween town angle and make it scary. Jack conducts experiments to try and see what makes Christmas tick and decides at the end of the experimentation period to take over Christmas for himself. So there's been a character that's been featured in the movie since the very beginning, but she only became plot relevant now, and that's Sally. Sally is Frankenstein's monster type of character, and she's in love with Jack. Um, she has a premonition that Jack's Christmas venture is going to go up in flame. And Jack involves the whole town in the construction of Christmas. And as part of, you know, everything that he's doing, he sends for Oogie Boogie's children to kidnap Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. um, so Jack asks him explicitly not to involve Oogie Boogie, but they're loyal to him in this regard, Jake's request. So it's Christmas time and Christmas Day specifically, and Jack is giddy with excitement at playing Santa Claus and delivering presents prepared by the Halloween Town folks. Uh, personally, I really like the details they put into like this entire scene. So they have like a decoration of angels at the houses where he delivers the present to, and when Jack arrives, they look like they're hung themselves. So that's really <laughs> really cool details. Um, so yeah, Jack and his presence terrorize the little children and their family, resulting in Christmas being an overall disaster. Surprise, surprise. So in a crazy turn of, turns of events, the government sends military after him to bomb his sleigh down. This is something I did not expect watching this the first time, by the way. Um, so yeah, Jack survives the bombing and vows to fix Christmas after he realizes his true identity um, and what he excels at. Meanwhile, Sally tries to single-handedly save Christmas herself, but fails and gets captured. Uh, Jack hears Sally and Santa's screams and come to the rescue. He fights the Oogie Boogie and wins, and then he releases Santa so Santa can save Christmas. Santa flies over Halloween Town and brings with him snow, and Sally and Jack confess their love for one another on a frosted hilltop. The end. Yay, so, happy ending. Yeah. It's a very short movie. It's it is. shorter than a feature film. So I think it's like an hour and 16 minutes or 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And that includes the credits, um, the end credits. So it's very, very short. Right. It was also really old too. I don't know why. I thought this movie came out in the 2000s, but it wasn't. Yeah, so it came out it in 1994, I think. Yeah, it was like before I was... I, oh, I'm giving away my age. But... <laughs> But I did not notice because it's so classic and mm -hmm. a lot of the music still feel pretty, pretty catchy, pretty modern, even to this day. So I was really surprised to know how old it was. All right. So I think that's a really good segue into what's your familiarity like with us? Yeah, I was going to say that. I think we missed that part, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I watched this movie a few years ago, 
for some reason, when I was a child, I always thought it was the same movie as the what was the Brooks other Brian? one? Yeah, they look so <laughs> similar, especially for Sally. And mm. I guess it makes sense because they're directed by the same person, so they give me very similar vibe. I don't think yeah. they're directed by the same person, but Tim Burton did come up with a story. I think the oh, director it was a here, different director. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Henry Zellick is the oh, okay. director here. Okay, well, it came out by the same person, so. <laughs> there we go there's a reason but yeah I always kind of thought it was the same story as the other one until I realized that it was not so I decided to watch it after I was like like what like 18 or 20 at the time so I was definitely not like a kid anymore when I watched it and mm. it was really interesting interesting in the sense that I guess I didn't expect what the story was going to be about when I watched it. Haha, <laughs> surprise. Um, and I was really, really pleasantly surprised to see how the story turns out and the fact that there are so many songs in this one. Because you know how Disney movies used to be compact with songs, but I guess not so much these days. So I really enjoyed that aspect too. So yeah, that honestly is pretty much all the experience I have with the movie. But how about you? Yeah, I actually do not remember the exact first time I've seen it. I think I was still a teenager, Mm -hmm. but it's not something I necessarily grew up on. There is this um, CD, which I swear would sound like it ages me. I am not older than Claire. (laughs) But there is this CD that I used to listen to all the time when I first came to Canada. And I took it out of the library all the time. And I just like, it was perpetually within my grasp at all time. It had like the best, oh, I have to find the name of it. But it had like the top 50 years of Disney of some sort. And one of the songs that was featured is What's This? And that was my foray into the movie The Night Before Christmas. It was the time that I first heard it. Wow. Um, And it had some really obscure songs from the very beginning of Disney. And it had some very, very famous songs from the Disney Renaissance. So it's really a great album. So I have to find out and recommend. Some of the songs actually were really, really scary to me. This was not one of it, which is funny because I think The Night Before Christmas is supposed to be the scary portion of Disney, which is why it didn't even go under the Disney label when it first launched because it was too scary for kids. But this one, I didn't think it was scary at all. And that's coming from me. So that was my introduction to it. I'd say I'd probably watched it before I was 18. And I have no idea the exact time or year. But as soon as I watch it, I really, really enjoyed it. A lot of things also made a lot of sense to me because growing up, I would see a lot of like, edgy emo hot topic wearing people (laughs) with Jack Skellington or Sally merchandise all over themselves just like showing their Nightmare Before Christmas pride I suppose and I had no idea where it was from I just assumed it was some kind of like edgy emo stuff that is beyond me because it's never something that I resonated with like the emo culture Mm -hmm. but after watching this I definitely understood where it was from out of curiosity Claire if one of us would have an emo phase. I would definitely expect it to be you. Do you oh have an emo phase? No, I think we talked about it before too. Really? But I don't know why. You give me such like, had an emo phase in... Honestly, I don't think I give <laughs> that sort of vibe to you. I don't think. Really? I think it's because you're so responsible now. I figured <laughs> there must be something in your past that 
like is I learned like it a hard way yeah yeah it's some kind of like a black mark on your past that is probably <laughs> emo culture considering the timing so every time I suppose I hear that you didn't have an emo phrase I think I'm surprised anew so yeah I made sure after watching it to introduce this to like literally every single person I'm familiar with that hasn't been introduced to it before so like it's one of our Christmas traditions to watch this and our family, uh, this Home Alone and Love Actually. And there are so many references to all the songs here um, that we make just on a random day. I think probably the Oogie Boogie song is going to be the most referenced one. So it's just something I made sure my entire family is aware of and will enjoy with me, or at least will suffer with me if they don't enjoy it. It's their choice. So I I enjoy this uh, movie quite a bit. And I'd say, even though I can't put my exact timestamp on when I was introduced to it, uh, I'm going to say mid-teenage years. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Okay, this is actually pretty interesting because I feel like we both were introduced to this in our teenage years. You were maybe late teen or early 20s. Yeah. And then for me, it's mid-teens. So that doesn't happen very frequently. Yeah. Did you remember the movie at all when you rewatched it? Like, or was it something that you were already like super duper well familiar with? Um, I will be very honest. I have a vague memory of what happened, but I don't know how exactly that happened. For example, I knew that he was going to take over Christmas, but I forgot how it happened and I forgot what he did. So it was actually quite nice to rewatch the whole thing because I think I also appreciate the music more now compared to when I first watched it. Yeah, this is definitely another marked difference from normal Disney. So this didn't launch under the Disney umbrella or the Disney brand. Mm -hmm. It launched under a side brand, which we already mentioned. And a huge difference is the amount of songs here because Disney definitely had a lot more songs in the Renaissance compared to maybe now. But this probably has double the songs of a normal Disney renaissance. True. Um, So that's pretty interesting to watch and to listen to. As an aside, the name of the album is Music Behind the Magic Disney 50th. So I'm guessing it was some kind of 50th anniversary for Disney. And they have a lot of very memorable songs that I'm sure you already know. And a lot of obscure songs, which are a delight to listen to. And I would highly, highly recommend. I spent... A lot of hours listening to this album. <laughs> Sorry, just curious. Do you also listen to the soundtrack outside Christmas time? Yes. Okay, okay. I thought it was like something like, you know, after Remembrance Day when you're trying to get into the mood and you listen to a soundtrack, but no, you oh, listen no. to this year round? No, no, no. Usually the role of the Nightmare Before Christmas within my Christmas celebration is the movie itself, oh, not okay. the soundtrack. Okay, okay, okay. And because we just reference the songs so many. We don't really restrict the references to during Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. That's fair. Yeah. Um, okay. So the first song is This is Halloween. <laughs> What's your familiarity like with this song? Is it something that you recognize as soon as you heard? Yeah. So so okay. I think I remember the moment I hear it. Yeah. If I just looking at a title, I can't I can't remember like what it sounds like. Oh no? Okay, that is strange. Because I figured if there is one song that you would absolutely know, it would be this one, regardless of whether you watch this or not. Well, first of all, I only watched the movie once mm-hmm. and that was years ago. Mm-hmm. 
So it didn't really stuck in my mind. But the moment I rewatched and the moment I hear it, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, it's this song. I remember it now. Yeah, because yeah. I know a lot of other artists made covers for this. I think like Merlin Manson, is that his name? Really? He made a cover for it, Panic in the Disco, made a cover for it. So it's a very popular song, even outside of the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And I figure this is also maybe something that people play for Halloween. Though for me, it's usually just a monster mash. Um, so <laughs> I don't know about other people. So <laughs> did you enjoy this song when you were listening to it? Oh my god, I, I hope this doesn't come on the wrong way. But I I could appreciate it while I'm watching it. I won't mm. listen to it by myself, though. Mm-hmm. I don't think the music sounds too nice to me because it's very repetitive. It's very catchy, I'll give you that. And it's a good opening, both the vibe that it gives and also how it introduces us to the the world of Halloween. Mm -hmm. So I think as an opener of the movie, or I guess not really musical, but like the movie, it's actually a really, really good opening. But just music itself is not something that I vibe with too much. Yeah, 100%. So even though without a doubt, this is a very iconic number, it's probably the most iconic out of all the songs here. And it does a great job introducing the town. It puts a lot of emphasis on Jack, but still manages to, you know, introduce the important characters and what unifies them and unites them. Mm -hmm. For me, it's not even necessarily in my top five uh, songs from this uh, movie. There is no denying that as soon as you hear it, like just the opening tune for this is Halloween, you get in the mood very, very quickly. And the song just has the right elements for this, but it just doesn't have the magic or the expressiveness as the rest of the songs that make it very memorable for me. So, or not very memorable, but very cherished as a song (laughs) compared to everything else. So it's a good opening, but not more than that, just serviceable, I think. I agree. Um, how about Jack's Lament? So I actually really like this number. And I like how we are introduced to Jack so early. And I mm-hmm. think it makes sense too, because that's the whole point of the movie. And it reminds me of a midlife crisis too. <laughs> so, but <laughs> a lot I, of Jack, yeah. Yeah, for Jack. And I'm like, oh, poor Jack. I, I Okay, I, I see where you're coming from. And it... I can relate to the song more and better now, I guess, because that, you know, I'm working now. And if you're working at all, like sometimes you just feel like you're stuck in some sort of job, like repetitive things that you have to do day over day, week over week. And there's really nothing new. And I guess when I watched this, which was when I was still a student, it didn't really feel as relatable because there was always something new. There's a lot of opportunities and different things that you can try out. Oh my god, I'm not that old, but <laughs> but I do see where he's coming from. And I think by having some work experience, it does allow me to relate to him better. So I do like that. And I also like this song a lot more musically compared to the first one. I think it gives me really a lot of chills, especially when he sings like I am Jack, like the pumpkin king. And mm-hmm. right after that, he goes from like full of confidence to like oh but now like that's boring and you can really feel the difference between being the proud confident 
king that he is versus like how he's feeling inside like that emptiness that lack of something and just being tired of everything so I think that contrast is good it is actually very appealing and also it's a good foreshadowing too because I think at towards the end when he regained that confidence when he refined his identity and to be confident about who he is again he also sings the same line like i jack the pumpkin king and i'm like oh yes this is a great echoing and callback to to this moment so mm-hmm. from that perspective like narratively i also really appreciate it yeah i definitely think that the narration here and just the story altogether is airtight which it should be because they don't have that much time but the time that they do have they're utilizing it very very well Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's like moving at a brisk pace to a song that is part of my top three and I really, really like as well. Um, I think for me, I really enjoyed a song specifically because of the expressiveness of his voice. So mm-hmm. the singer who voices Jack, I think it's Danny Elfman. Um, he doesn't have to do a lot of vocal gymnastics to make all of Jack's songs very memorable. Somehow he manages to do it through acting alone and it just really works well with Jack's characterization for me. Mm-hmm. Apart from that, the song goes like full on emo <laughs> with um, some of its lines. And I personally find it very hilarious. Like the line, oh, somewhere deep inside of these bones and emptiness began to grow. I'm sure there are hundreds of thousands probably of kids who were awoken to their emo-ness by this line alone. So <laughs> I think it's really, really funny. But I really like this song a lot and Honestly, 100% it's due to the acting that manages to carry itself through the song. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know who voiced Jack? Danny Elfman. Oh, okay, okay. For the, for the singing. I don't, think, singing. It's for, I don't okay. think um it's the same person who voices him for the actual lines, like the non-singing ones. Oh. But for Sally, I think it's the same person. So Catherine O'Hara who um, is a Canadian national treasure and also is an icon for a very, very significant other Christmas movie, namely... <laughs> Home Alone? Home Alone, yes. She's you the recognize mom, right? Her. She is. You recognize her, uh, her, um, her name? Um, well, I'm going to be honest. I look her up on Wikipedia. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I see. But she's a Canadian treasure. She is the mom in Schitt's Creek which I think is our biggest claim to fame as of recent times. So. <laughs> um, did you watch it, by the way? Home Alone? Shit's Creek. No. How about Home Alone? Home Alone, you told me that you watched, watched recently. the first yeah. one, yes. Yes. I only managed to watch the first season. I found some of the characters really gross. Um, oh. the, the mayor that they have, I think he's the mayor, but the blonde dude. It's just very, very difficult for me to watch it when he's on the screen. Because mm-hmm. I don't like gross, gross humor, but I should probably give it another shot. Well, let okay. us know what you think. I will. Apart from the gross out humor, I enjoyed it quite a bit. The next song is What's This, which was my introduction to um, the movie. Personally, I really like it. I enjoy a lot of the parody renditions that they have of this. You can uh, probably find them on YouTube still, but they were very popular around Tumblr. I like this a lot because I think it manages to insert a lot of the whimsicalness of Christmas to the song from a perspective of somebody who is not inherently very familiar with Christmas. Mm-hmm. It could also be describing me. I'm not somebody who is very inherently familiar with Christmas, but it's like somebody who's very taken with Christmas as a holiday. I would say it's 
a tie for my favorite with Passover. So I feel like Jack and I have a lot of similarities in here, but I'm hoping that I'm doing Christmas a lot better than he does and I'm not ruining it. So. Imagine. <laughs> um, I'm sure like people who come to my house and they're like, oh, the tree is so nice. The decoration is really cute. Ha ha ha. Um, and I'm just being super polite about it. And I was like, thank you for preserving my deep, deep, psychosis around us um you have an amazing tree by the way thank you and yeah the cookies I don't like cookies in general and I don't like ginger cookies specifically but Fethonusa Germans know how to do cookies right for Christmas so if you have the chance to have those highly highly recommend especially if you don't like ginger I actually brought them around the office once and people were incredibly polite in how they reacted to them so at least I appreciate that so yeah I personally like the song a lot just because it was my introduction to um, the movie, but it's not even necessarily my top three, which is crazy because I feel like this movie has so many iconic songs one after another that something that would be a highlight of the entire movie in any other movie, even in other Disney movies, it doesn't make the top three. So kudos to the person who made a compote. I think it's Danny Elfman too actually the person who composed this wow yeah so I guess he voiced and he also composed (laughs) wow that's amazing that's incredible really yeah what do you think how do you like this one I like it by quite a bit the whole song is just so adorable and I'm very obsessed with his childlike wonder and response to the Christmas town. He just sounds so pure to the point mm-hmm. that this whole song is just so incredibly adorable, even without the context too. You can really hear his excitement and just endless wonder in the song. And I feel like that was me when I came to Canada and discovered how big Christmas actually is. Because in Taiwan, you don't really celebrate Christmas obviously right because it's not like a dominantly christian country and if you have a christmas tree in the middle of shopping mall that is already probably the best that you can expect for christmas Mm. but here the first year i remember we were driving around the residential area and, and around our neighborhood and a lot of people put on like christmas lights and it just not even just one but like multiple people with their huge houses and their incredible Christmas lights and we were so amazed by all that because we didn't know it was so big so it kind of sort of became our tradition to drive around the neighborhood every Christmas to just look at the lights yeah yeah it's a very popular pastime which is very very nice but I guess it depends on how much exposure you have to western media you didn't have enough exposure to anticipate this I mean, I know that people celebrate Christmas, but from what I saw in the movies, it's always just like people sit together and have like a huge dinner, Mm. which I thought will be similar to what we have like Chinese New Year, for example. Mm -hmm. But then the fact that they would decorate the whole house and, you know, go extra to bring on the lights, the trees and everything. Like, I didn't know people actually do that in real life. I thought they just kind of gather together for family time to eat together and to just spend time with each other, sort of. So -hmm. for example, in Taiwan, we don't really, I guess people still do that, but because I 
grew up in a city and you don't really have a lot of space in the city, like you don't really put on that much decoration for Chinese New Year anymore. Yeah, you don't. Sometimes you just maybe put something on your door and that is already very, very extra. <laughs> Most people don't do anything in terms of decoration. I mean, like、mm-hmm. there's still a lot of traditions that goes on, but in terms of like the visual part of it. Is very limited to what you have inside a house, and not like what you do with the house externally. So I was really impressed. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. So that was that was me, and I feel like I could really relate to that.、Oh. I still to this day sometimes I'm still amazed by something about Christmas that I didn't know before. So like I mentioned earlier in the episode, like I talked to my friends, and she told me a typical day. Of Christmas in her hometown would be people waking up 5 a.m. to go to church, and then after they come back from the church, they probably grab something to eat and then go back to sleep. So around maybe noon time, you'll wake up and you'll prepare your Christmas food, which is honestly most of the prep work is already done the day before, and、mm-hmm. then you'll start eating the Christmas dinner at around 3 to 5 p.m., which is so early. Or I guess so late if you're thinking about lunch, but I didn't know that. <laughs> I thought it would be like a dinner thing because a Chinese New Year dinner would be a dinner, like an actual dinner that happened like maybe six or seven o'clock. So I didn't know that, and I was really impressed. So yeah, and an amount of food that they would make、mm-hmm. would last them the whole week. So they'll eat leftover for the entire week, and I was also really amazed by that. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. Did you have the chance to ever like celebrate Christmas with somebody who is celebrating? No, I wish. Interesting. I had、yeah. a couple of chances to do it, and I also went to church on Christmas for one one of them because I have a friend who is Greek Orthodox, and apparently, um, this is something they also do, and it it is a lot of fun. You you'd be amazed how many people are invited to these things, or at least for the ones I've been to, like they literally invite their entire families, and their families are big. So. <laughs> It was、uh, it was a lot of fun though to see like all the traditions they have and the unity.、Um, I really appreciated that. And also in terms of like the decoration, I think that is something that I didn't anticipate as well because obviously you don't necessarily celebrate a lot of Christmas in Israel, but we have something that is called Novi God. I'd say a huge chunk of Israel is just Russian、um, or refugees from the USSR. And in Russian traditions, they have a tree that they put on for New Year's. They celebrate like with a tree for New Year's itself, and not for Christmas. So this is something that's really interesting because you would see a lot of trees still in Israel that are not connected to Christmas whatsoever. And I feel like a lot of like Russians would have to constantly explain this is not for Christmas, this is for New Year, it's a Novi God <laughs> until everybody just like understood because. You would just see them everywhere, and I love that. I really like the idea of the tree. So seeing everything besides that was kind of a culture shock to me. I think, especially like how hard people go for the outside decoration. Like they literally hire companies. A lot of my friends' parents hire like companies on December first to just do their entire the、um, exterior of their house, and it's so elaborate and so pretty. It just beautifies the entire neighborhood. So. It's really nice, and you will always always see like on Blog Toronto, or some other blog posts about like entire neighborhoods that just have coordinated Christmas decorations. So I think this year there are a lot of inflatable Santas. I'm not sure if you've seen that. No, 
Okay. They reported on it in the news. They had like a neighborhood just full of identical inflatable Santas um, somewhere in Toronto. I didn't go to see it, though I'm sure it would be really nice. And I love that they have this kind of unifying way to like just code the neighborhoods. And they have like contests between houses and contests between other neighborhoods to see which one is the most nicely decorated. And that's so much fun, I think. Aww. That's so cute. I like this kind of stuff. It's so cute. I mean, yeah. obviously, I, I can't participate, but but I'll, I'll go out and drive around. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if anything, yeah. Exactly. And I mean, you can always um, put fairy lights on your balcony or something. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. If it's not already occupied by pigeons. Yes. Maybe <laughs> the pigeons are like thematical. I feel like when we went to look for a tree for you, we saw some decorations that included... Red cardinals, actually, not pigeons, but it's a bird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think if you can just, like, put something red around the pigeon, maybe it will just, like, deceive people enough to make them think that it's a red cardinal from a distance. Well, maybe it's worth a try. You never know, right? Exactly. Exactly. Next one is Town's Meeting Song. Do you have anything to say about it? Well, it's interesting description of Santa. <laughs> Very interesting indeed. I feel like if I have kids in the future, I'll just play them the song and hopefully they'll get an idea of Christmas from the song. The right it, idea or? It could be a, a twisted idea, probably more <laughs> likely, but it's so cute. And it's so interesting uh, seeing Jack trying to explain the deeper meaning of Christmas and the rest of the monsters, they're sort of just like children who only care about the physical and the material part of it. And it's just really, really interesting. To... <laughs> so for example, like when he brings out the present, but like here, this is called present. And then there are like comments like, oh, this is ugly. <laughs> <I'm> like, <"Okay." laughs> that was really I, funny. I think the magic ingredient to understanding Christmas is snow. And I feel like this is some kind of propaganda that like countries that have snow, like Canada during Christmas time, are kind of like dishing to countries that don't have it and celebrate Christmas. Imagine how horrible even states that don't have it and celebrate Christmas. Like I can't imagine all of California or LA or something That's is going to be full of snow in this case. And mm-hmm. in here, they don't get it at all. But at the very end, when Santa Claus comes with his sleigh, and it starts snowing all around suddenly you understand that they understand Christmas mm. and Jack understands Christmas unlike the rest of the town and what's the difference he's been to Christmas town and what's the first thing he did in Christmas town go headfirst into snow and eat the snow <laughs> so I think it's all some kind of white Christmas propaganda yeah you're probably right because it does feel a lot more magical when you have the snow yes a hundred percent now that I think about it, all the Christmas movie or Christmas related things that I saw back in Taiwan, they all have snow in it. So yes. definitely paints like a snowy white Christmas picture for me and probably for him too, in this case. Okay. Um, for me, I actually don't have much to say about the song. I don't care for it. I find both this one and Making Christmas pretty boring and forgettable. They have like one hook that is decent. And everything else is kind of like spoken around it. So for me, it's pretty mum. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely not the best. That would you this prefer movie this happen. or the Making Christmas? I would say Making Christmas. 
but I, I think prefer this over making Christmas. But okay, it's this sorry. one has a better hook than uh-huh. making Christmas. But I think visually, I like making Christmas better. Okay, okay, that's fair. Uh, next one is Jack's obsession. Uh, this one is my favorite, and it's probably the one I think most from the movie. I just love how unhinged he goes here and has his own like mad scientist act whatever which is not the qualities that you usually highlight or associate with jack but especially considering they already have like their mad scientists here covered but i think it just so nice to see different facets of jack and seeing the obsessiveness to it in such a stark form um and also how giddy he goes in the very end with this year Christmas will be ours I love how unhinged he goes and it's just like a lot of fun and this is the best quality in all of his songs like this is something that you see in Jack's Lament as well in the beginning and I think you highlighted that moment and in here he has it in Jack's Obsession and also in Poor Jack he has a same moment so whenever that moment hits I feel like the entire song transforms and becomes 10 times better than what it was before what do you think of it though? I also really like it. I think this is definitely my top three. Even though it's not my favorite, but it's very close. I actually chose this as my original favorite until later. So I also I, had difficulty with that. Yeah. Right? It's so hard to choose your favorite in this one because just so many songs are really, really good. Mm-hmm. But I love the song. It's very genius. <laughs> I like how we get to see a monster with humanity and he's struggling because he was raised under this stark different traditions to trying to comprehend this lifestyle which is probably the entire opposite of his i think one of the things that really got me was when he was writing a formula on a blackboard he was just like oh this presents and then whatever whatever and then equals to christmas with a question mark and i thought it was just so adorable it really really makes me realize why i like this movie is because this movie has a meaning right like he desires to try something else which is fun and caring and not scary and he adores seeing happy children he's actually trying to do something good for other people I just like that I think it really highlights his personality a lot too not just the fact that he cares about bring joy or like he wants to try something new that curiosity that caring aspect of his nature but also the fact that he is a king after all and when he realized that he could take over Christmas I like that transition in his voice like he's like from being very depressed and full of questions about himself and about everything else about Christmas he's just like right I'm the king I can do this and I really really like that I think it just makes his character so 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 charming so it's very interesting it's very unique too I think all of the characters in this movie are especially unique but Jack is I think my favorite for sure yeah 100% he's also the most developed it's yeah that's true <laughs> is Jack's Lament your favorite oh we didn't get to it no we haven't got to it is it poor Jack no okay it's not one of jack's song which is okay kind of sad but that's fine i think the fact that you're deliberating between them is good enough but i was deliberating between jack's obsession and um poor jack personally Mm -hmm. so i was curious if we're on the same wavelength all right so the next one is kidnap the Stanny claws personally i think this is such a fun song the menacing energy of these children is unparalleled i personally believe that they could terrorize jack in halloween town enough to topple the regime um (laughs) 
honestly, like Mr. Yeah, you're Oogie Mr. Oogie Boogie could never, but these children, absolutely, I believe in them. Um, like, the mayor is scared of them. They had a million ways just from the top of their head to kidnap Santa Claus. And just in the end, they came to a realization that the best solution is the simplest one. And I think that just speaks to their level of genius. <laughs> but jokes aside, I am grateful that they broke the monotony of having like 50 songs of Jack and then peppered in between are the town song because I feel like that was pretty much the formula up until Kidnap the Santa Claus and then from them onwards they kind of break that and they have a lot more other character songs in between still having like you know Jack songs and town song but they have more variety so I really like that and I like the kids in general like they're not the main antagonists here like Oogie Boogie or whatever but they still get their own song and I think they deserve it and the song like slaps really hard so I like Mm, it I agree this is actually my second favorite song because it's just so much fun and it sounds really nice too I think I actually didn't like it at first that much because one of the kids her voice was so creepy and I think I don't know about you but whenever I look at dolls where or kids in a a horror movie I feel like they're scarier (laughs) they're so much scarier than than like adult killer or like an adult creepy I don't know if it's the same with you but I think no but it's the same with Emma are are so so scary kids are so scary so her voice creeped me out and I didn't like it at first, but I went back to listen to the soundtrack and I'm like, oh, this is actually a good song. Mm-hmm. So this ended up being my second favorite, which really says enough about how much I like it. <laughs> and I also like how they come up with all these creative ways to kidnap Santa Claus and they just knock on his door to put him in the bag in the end. It's just so, so funny. Yeah. And I also didn't realize that Shock, I think one of the kids was, she yeah. was also voiced by the same person who voiced um, Sally. So the Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. And I didn't know that. She did such a good job, I think. <laughs> I it, agree. It, I'm yeah. not sure which one is Shock, though. So I can't really say. If it was the Little Witch, I think she did amazing. <laughs> I can't tell which one's shock too, but <laughs> by just by listening to all three of them, I feel like I couldn't get the sense any one of them was Sally. So I think she did a pretty good job. Yeah, there. shock is the one that got the least amount of lines, the one that has like a skeleton face. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. So next one, I have truly nothing to say about it's making Christmas. <laughs> Do you? No, except for the fact that I like how they're just freaking tone deaf. <laughs> that's it (laughs) (laughs) yeah but that's it uh okay and after that we get to oogie boogie song uh what do you think so this is my favorite i knew it okay (laughs) (laughs) i mean this is really good Mm -hmm. it sounds really nice i love the jazziness of it it's very classic disney villain song vibe to it Mm -hmm. it's just you know there's something serious or you know you're pretty much fucked up when you hear a villain says well 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 or like it starts by well 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 and and I love that and I also <laughs> I also found a part when Santa just started singing to the song too I found that part really funny too I'm like whoa mm-hmm. dude you just got here and you're not creeped out you're not anything but you just decide to join in the song but okay I admire that yeah, I think it's just a perfection of the singer's performance because the voice is really terrifying. It's really relaxed too. And it's like a good 
display of him because even though he's technically the villain in the story but i don't think he's too significant and he's also introduced very very late he has a maybe less than 20 minutes of a screen time so you don't really see him doing a lot of bad stuff like you don't really see him do anything too bad like except for the fact that he was trying to kill santa and sally but nothing too serious aside from that but then from the background of the song you can see the torture room you can see some of the skeleton of the people i guess he murdered before so all that details visually gives you enough information to know that this is a villain and (laughs) and he unlike the other people from the town he doesn't scare people just for fun or because that's what they do professionally like he is actually evil and he do um like to torture wood to kill people so i feel like it's a very good song to introduce us to his character especially when we have such a short time with him Mm -hmm. yeah we have other introductions to him like he gets a line in um this is halloween and you hear love snittering about him oh did he yeah, I did. Um, oh, I I'm the shadow notice. of the moon at night, something along those lines. Uh, so he does get a line uh, in the very beginning. But up until this moment, you mainly hear about him, which I think is really good to build up the kind of momentum to show that he's a threat. Mm-hmm. Like he's that much of a threat that people just talk about him. You don't need to see him on screen. Mm-hmm. So when you actually see how everything is going to go down when Jack is going to be there, it's a little bit disappointing or you get to see how powerful Jack is in comparison because everybody is scared of Oogie Boogie even the kids the menacing kids and the mayor and everybody around them in the town is scared of Oogie Boogie mm-hmm. so that's one way to handle it and personally I think there was no need for the song to go as hard as it did but I'm really really glad that it did go as hard um, I think like for me as I mentioned in the very beginning it's one of my most referenced songs Uh, from this movie in particular but also in general like there is little in this world as iconic as Oogie Boogie opening line which is the well 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 that you mentioned yourself (laughs) and I think the other thing that we constantly reference is that you're joking you're joking you can't believe my ears it just like the attitude that he has behind it makes it really iconic because any other rendition of the song it wouldn't necessarily be as good as this performance but if you have the right attitude and the right emoting I think that would work absolutely brilliantly and I think like in general this is such a terrific combination of emoting and acting the part while singing but the singing itself is also very competent because when you think about it the oogie boogie is not a threat (laughs) it's very very low threat and they show it through the song here like they make the song on the verge of a comedic song and a threatening song because they understand this about oogie boogie very well and i think it's what it communicates too it's just like fun campy disney villain and they're so villainous to the extent that you absolutely know that you know the hero is gonna prevail and win this because there is no redemption for this villain so like just the composition of the song it communicates it very well and visually it's also really nice I like how it has like a glow-in-the-dark quality it makes it seem like kind of a weird trip especially since at some point the angles are kind of shaky so there are a lot of really good components to the song and it's absolutely iconic as it should be Mm -hmm. yeah for sure I really really like the song 
yeah, which as, was as actually so rare because I usually don't like villain songs that much. So I swear I heard you say this before pretty recently. So I find <laughs> it hilarious. I think you don't protest too much. <laughs> the next one is Sally's song. And it's a lovely, lovely song. It's barely a song. Yeah. Um, and if we're honest, like lengthwise, it has like a minute and a half at most. But it's as emo as they come. So I'm sure that all the Hot Topic kids are delighting in it. Um, I do wish it was longer because I think what exists within the song sounds pretty good. I enjoy it a lot. Um, and I would say it might be even in my top five. But I hear that um, people aren't very big fans of Catherine O'Hara's vocals here. And personally, I think it really works with her character um, because having an equivalent of, you know, a Disney princess vocal would be very strange fit. Um, Mm -hmm. So this kind of creepy, high-pitched, almost doll-like horror story sort of vocals that she employs here really works for the character, really works for the setting. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I think so too. I think her voice was never meant to be perfect because Sally as a character is not perfect either. So because of that, it makes sense that the vocal is not top notch, but it fits, it fits, it works. And I think if anything, it really, really fits the character and it makes you understand her better. So I don't mind it that much I guess for people who only listen to a soundtrack then maybe but yeah if that's the case there's a lot of cover versions of the song on YouTube so you can go listen to that but I think I really would have preferred this one to be included in original soundtrack because of that reason yeah other than that I don't really have too much to say like you said it's pretty short but I do appreciate that they at least give Sally something (laughs) because she is important to an extent and I feel like she deserves her moment and this is it. So I, I feel like because of the song, like it makes the ending when they get together a lot more meaningful to me because it is pretty sad, but it's also really, really sweet. Like Sally is just so kind-hearted and honest about her feelings. And I feel like the best relationship of any sort comes from having that common ground and usually it works best between two best friends and I feel like Sally really do understand um, Jack here so it makes a lot of sense in my head that they would end up together oh yeah for sure I mean I think from the moment they introduced her it was very clear how she feels about Jack Mm -hmm. less so about how Jack feels about her but by the ending I think it's also very clear yeah Okay, so we come to poor Jack. What do you think? It's nice because I do appreciate that he didn't blame other people for the failure and that he understood that people couldn't understand what he was trying to do and he accepted that he failed, but he did his best. So I think in that regard, I really respect him. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that he didn't take it on anybody else. And I also feel really bad for him because all he ever really intended to do was to make Christmas good for everyone, including the people of the Halloween town. But throughout the whole film, like no one could really see how much it meant to him or like he just wanted to make people happy. And he wasn't really defeated at this point. Like I feel like in a very typical movie, this is probably like the low point. And then he'll have to go through like some sort of like a mentor or or some sort. And then he'll have a song where he like regain his confidence again and things like that. 
But then he did all that in just this one song. So he worked really hard and he bounced back and he didn't like whine about the failure. He was just like, all right, I'm going to say everyone, I'm Jack, I'm the pumpkin king. And I like how he forgive himself and he is trying his best to make it everything right again. So I think that's a, a quality that I really appreciate about Jack. And this song, not to mention, like it highlights that quality musically. It sounds really nice. It's very close to my favorite song in the movie too, because mm-hmm. of how much emotion is shown in the first part. And then at the end, it turns around and you can see that his confidence has returned. So I like that transition of emotion. I like how the actor was able to really show his character really, really well. And um, and just Jack being Jack, that he isn't trying to be anyone else anymore. And he is just to embrace about who he is. So I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So personally, I love the song. I was thinking really hard whether this should be my favorite or um, the other one that I mentioned. But I feel like the elements that I like about all of Jack's songs exist here too. Um, Specifically, I think Jack's Obsession, you already mentioned Jack's Lament, and they have a slightly different flavor of emotions to begin with. So I think it's good because you get to see the cohesiveness within the character, but also the emotional journey they go through to get to where they are at. Um, And I also think it illustrates really well that Jack has learned his lesson and that he is proud of what he did, even though it wasn't successful, which is such an important thing to teach children in general. Mm -hmm. Like the amount of times you will fail and you will do something bad or you will not be successful at something, but you just exercise skills that are important to be exercised and that should be an accomplishment in and of itself. And you should revel in that accomplishment because it is something that is good. Um, I think it's incredibly important to teach children. So I'm glad they did that. And I'm glad they did it so explicitly here. Um, And just everything about the song works really well for me. But I'd say the highest compliment, or at least the, the most... I don't know, the thing that resonated with me most would be the emotionality behind it because it just goes through an entire roller coaster. It made me care a lot about Jack. Mm -hmm. So I don't think I have anything to say about the finale slash reprise because it's just a mishmash of all the songs we've listened to so far. Mm -hmm. But do you? Nope. (laughs) Okay. Um, Do you want to go straight into our final thoughts? Sure. So I really like it and I think it was a very nice surprise because I thought I didn't like any of the songs from the movie. I think my impression of the movie was just mediocre before but then re-watching it actually makes me appreciate it a lot more and with the songs too. So that was definitely A++ like I'm so ready to add these songs into my playlist. (laughs) So that's good and I think it's a good movie for Christmas too I'm not really sure if this is for Halloween or Christmas or I guess both but it's a very interesting movie to show um, or even just to watch it during Christmas I think it's a good movie to show it to your kids if you have kids during Christmas too so yeah I really like it I think it was really really nicely done considering it's Disney and it was so long ago so sometimes if you watch something that was made like 20 plus years ago it felt like it was very outdated but then this one it didn't feel outdated at all 
and with the animation style and stuff, it was actually very unique. So compared to the Disney art style that they have in modern days, this is definitely on another level. Like it was done in with different technology, and the art just looks so different, which I really,、yeah. really enjoy. And it's stop motion animation, and that、yeah. takes such a long time to、such、make. Like.、Time. Such a long time. It could take years and years to make just like a movie with stop motion. So, incredible kudos to that. Yeah, really, really impressive stuff. So, yeah, I think this one will will continue to be a classic, and it, it probably won't die out for me at least. And that is really a、um, high compliment from me. I really enjoyed it. Do you see yourself incorporating it into your Christmas traditions? Maybe I think、Halloween、so.、Traditions? Actually. You think Especially、so? if I have kids in the future, definitely. <laughs> okay,、um, I think that's the biggest win there ever could be. But clearly, I also really enjoyed this one. I think it's such a tightly delivered and honestly a masterpiece, a little bit because within the very short runtime that it has, it teaches a story in the best of Christmas traditions. It has a slew of super iconic songs, so many that you just like. It's Difficult to decide which one is even in your top three and which one is in your top five even. So that really shows to the strength of the、um, the composition here. The songs themselves, typically, I am very impressed by very vocally demanding songs. And in here, I wouldn't necessarily say any of the songs are vocally demanding. And not having that element, but still being incredibly impressed with the songs, just based on the emotionality of it or the composition. I think that's truly a difficult feat to do, and they like Danny Elfman, I believe, is the comp- composer.、Um, he manages to do it so so well here. Tim Burton, <laughs> having him as a director and creator for everything, it can be very hit or miss, in my opinion, especially in recent times. I have some. Movies of his that I enjoy quite a bit, but I feel like the more confident he is with his own style, the worse it becomes. So, I don't know, just something so commercial about it. And here, he made a film with Disney, which is probably the biggest commercial like Hollywood machine ever, and he made it work. So I think that's incredible. It's a good Christmas movie. It's a good Halloween movie. If you are in like a pressing need to watch something for Halloween、um, that is not scary, this is a good option. Twitches is a very good option. They have a lot of kids-friendly ones, so I wouldn't say it's necessarily all that difficult. So I guess in here, you get to choose your own adventure. Whether you want to treat it as a Halloween movie or as a Christmas movie, I definitely suggest to treat it as a Christmas movie because it teaches the meaning of Christmas really well. But up to you. And yeah, I think that's everything I have to say about this one. All right, so we can move on to quiz time. Today we are doing which nightmare before Christmas character are you quiz, and this is from Oh My Disney. I had never seen this website before, but、okay. neither have I, which is why I'm so excited. Okay. Um. Okay. So on a scale of puppy to zombie, I am a puppy, the elderly, black cat, raccoon. Crow, bat, spider, zombie. Without any context, this question makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> like how evil you are, I'm guessing is what you interpret it however you'd like to. All right, I'm gonna say a raccoon. Okay, I'm gonna go with black cat. My trick or treat stash is filled with 
candy corn, gummy worms, licorice, cookies and cream, sour candies, raisins, mints, lollipops. I want to pick chocolate if they have chocolate, but um, raisins then. Sour candies. Raisins? What kind of psychopath? I like raisins. Wow. Okay. That is something I did not know about you. Pick a spot to sit and think. On a balcony, in my car, in the tub, in a cave, under a tree, in my laboratory, at a cemetery, in my armchair. As weird as it might sound, I'm choosing between a cemetery or a tree. And trust me, I'm not being weird because Becky showed me uh, the cemetery around where we live and you can take a walk there because it's so big. So I feel like that would be a good spot to sit and think, but just not to be weird, I'm going to pick under a tree. I'm going to be full weird. I'm the biggest fan of the cemetery, I think. I show it to literally everybody and I rate it very highly. I go for walks there all the time. So I'm going to go with at a cemetery. Okay. The best nightmare before Christmas song is Kidnap the Santa Claus. What's this? Sally's song. This is Halloween. Jack's Lament. Oogie Boogie song. Dr. Finkelstein song. Don't make me choose. Don't make me choose. Mm, don't make me choose I suppose your favorite song is there though yeah but then it's so hard I see I know um, you were going to force me to choose one eventually so that's why I came prepared ah, but I see. it was hard to choose I see I see okay I am so glad that you know how things go <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> the best word to describe my Halloween costume this year this is not Christmassy at all I'm sorry I didn't take this before but no, no worries uh, throwback to Halloween, even though the number before Christmas is a Christmas movie. Um, so the best word to describe my Halloween costume this year is cute, comfy, crafty, crazy, casual, creative, clever, creepy. I'm gonna pick comfy because that was in my pajama. I was Wednesday Adams and Mickey Mouse briefly. So I'm gonna go with cute. Okay. The about greatest part about Halloween is haunted houses, everything, the tricks, the treats, pumpkin carving, the decorations, the colder weather. It means it's almost Christmas. I know what you're going to choose. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, it's... I'm actually going to choose the same thing, that it means it's almost Christmas. So confident in my choices, and you're correct. Eek, I just heard a strange creaking noise in the house. I... Turn on all the lights, scream in fear, investigate cautiously, panic, set a trap, ignore it, confront it, scare it away. Investigate cautiously. I think you would die in a horror movie. I know, I know. But it's not a horror movie. At least I hope true. not. That is true. Um, my reaction is always going to be turn on all the lights. I'm, a, I'm afraid <laughs> of the dark, so definitely this is my reaction. On a scale of naughty to nice, I'm invented nice, the nicest, nice 90% of the time, 50-50, nice, no naughty, no nice, who cares, naughty 90% of the time, the naughtiest. Nice 90% of the time. I think that's accurate for me too. I think a fun adventure would be visiting a new town, spending the day with my best friend, sledding, breaking rules, scrapbooking, going for a drive, playing games, tinkering. Visiting a new town. Spending the day with my best friend. 
in my holiday stocking this year, I likely, ah, here's the Christmas part. I likely find knitting needles, a deck of cards, lumps of coal, books, candy canes, glasses, the very thing I wanted, red nail polish. I'm going to go with books. Okay. They have very elaborate gifts for their stocking. Stocking for us, at least, has been like candy. Hmm. Not like an actual proper Christmas present, which is under the tree. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to go with candy then. Pick a quote. I can't make decisions by myself. Bark. I'm the shadow on the moon at night, which is what Oogie Boogie said in This is Halloween. I had the most terrible vision. We'll have conversations worth having. Three of a kind. Just because I cannot see it doesn't mean I can't believe it. Haven't you heard of peace on earth and goodwill towards men? I can't make decisions by myself. (laughs) We'll have conversations worth having. Who did you get? All right. I got zero. Me too. You're a person of few words, but there's no one more loyal than you. You like the way for others and enjoy Halloween treats. Really just treats in general. All right. So we are both the puppy and I couldn't be happier. Um, Okay. Should we go into our final rankings? Sure. Drum roll, please. Um, I'll give it eight out of ten. Soup. Huh? Soup. soup. Remember the, the soup that Sally poisoned? Oh, the doctor fair, with? fair, fair. Okay, that is good. I sent corrected. I'm going to give it an eight out of ten hung angels. Okay. Okay, so I guess that's it from us. We both give it the same score. But if you want to contest our scores, want to talk about anything we talked about during this episode, any previous episodes, or especially if you want to give us recommendations, you can find us on our social media, Instagram, Twitter, which is not really in use, but I'll say Twitter, and Reddit under Podway Podcast. Or if you're not a social media person, you can talk to us at podwaypodcast at gmail.com. All right, so as I have been threatened in the beginning of the episode, I will say Happy New Year's. <laughs> Merry, well, late Merry Christmas and late Happy Christmas. New Year. Yes, it will be almost a year of us recording, right? I think we started recording in January. Yeah, yeah I was going to say like, wow, it's already been almost a year. And uh, I don't know how many of you are actually listening, but thank you for a great year. It was really fun. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, we have to figure out what was the exact date we started recording because we recorded, I think, two months before we actually started releasing. Mm -hmm. And I believe we started in January. I think so too. I think so too. Yeah. So we have to figure that out and make a big celebration, hurrah, um, when we figure out exactly which, um, when it was, I think. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. Anything else we should say before closing? Probably just happy holiday and stay safe, everyone. Stay safe and take your booster shot. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please do. Okay. Bye. Bye.